Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Romans chapter 8, reading from verse number 4. The Bible says, Jesus came that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. In other words, Jesus did not come so that you can begin to disregard the entire law. No, he came to fulfill the law in us. And if you look at Romans chapter 3, reading from verse number 31, the Bible tells us there. He said, now, do we then make void the law through faith? He said, certainly not. The law is not voided because of grace. He said, but on the contrary, the law is established because of grace. That's a story for another day. We can go into all that world, but that you, you become very, you become very technical. That you be, you know, it, it gets a little bit confusing. But the point I'm trying to make is this: the point I'm trying to make is this: because you are under grace, does not mean you ignore the principles of the Old Testament. The fact that you are under grace does not mean you throw away the Old Testament of the Bible. Okay, what is what, I, what I'm trying to say is that the principle of the first fruit is relevant and applicable to your life today as it was then. Okay. The principles of the first fruit is relevant and applicable regardless of the dispensation. It is there. It's a principle that God uses to be able to move. And why do I say this? I say this, number one, because the principle of the first fruit is the way God uses to secure the provision of his people. And he has not changed his mind. This is what God uses to secure your, secure your blessing. Number two. And that, and that simply means that when you want to participate in the God's financial plan, if you want to participate in God's financial plan, it means that you have to understand that principle and apply it. The fact that you are doing sowing and reaping in the Old Testament and you are not doing it, if you don't understand the principle of sowing and reaping, you will not benefit from it. And the Lord is saying, I'm saying that that particular principle of the first fruit is still relevant because number one, it is the principle of securing the provision of the Almighty God. Number two, it is relevant because it is the it is the way it's God's way of blessing our harvests. You are taking the harvest of the Almighty. You are taking your harvest and you are giving the very first one to the Almighty God, and you are saying, Lord, have this. I'm trusting you for more. That's what you are doing. So it's God's way of blessing your harvest. Number three, it is relevant today because it's God's way of it's God's way of encouraging His people to be dependent upon Him. One of the major problems that people have with God is this: they find it very difficult to release everything to the Almighty God. And as long as you are wrestling with God, God will not wrestle with you because God doesn't have you know God doesn't want to continue to wrestle with you. He said in the book of Genesis, "Say my spirit will not continually strive with man." In other words, I'm not going to continue to fight with you. If you do it, fine. If you don't want to do it, too bad. But the idea is that the first fruit principle is a principle of encourage, is a way God is using to encourage your independence of his people upon him. Number four is a way of God teaching his people that we should have what is called priority. Okay? Priority means that you put God first. 
You put God first in your life. You put God, you know, God have the priority. God have the first place. God have the first place in everything that pertains unto you. That is what the Bible is telling us. And if you read the book of Exodus chapter 20, Exodus 20 reading from verse number 2, the Bible tells us there, it says, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Look at verse number 3. It says, Thou shalt have no other God before me. In other words, the Lord is saying, I am God. I demand to be number one in your life. For those of us who are married or for those of us who have relationship, do you want to share your husband with somebody else or share your wife with somebody else? Okay? When he comes in, say, okay, you are number three or number four. When I get to it, I'll come to you. I mean, you don't want it. The same thing the Lord Almighty is saying, I am the Lord. I, you don't have any other God before me. I should be number one in your life. That is the basis of the first fruit. It is not about collecting offering. It is about priority. It's about putting God first. Okay? It is the, that is what the principle is all about. Now, when you wake up in the morning and your first thought is about God. When you earn your living with the first thought is about God. Whatever you are doing, the first thought of your life is, is about God. The principle of the first fruit is the principle of priority and it's about putting God first in all things. So what is this principle that we call the principle of the first fruits? Number one, the principle of the first fruit is the principle of divine precedence. And what do I mean by divine precedence? It means God is first in all things. That's what it's all about. Number two, it's the principle of divine ownership. In other words, God owns everything. And because he owns everything, when you get those things that he blesses you with, return it back unto him so that he can bless it. So it's the principle, number one, of divine precedence. Number two is the principle of divine ownership. Number three is the principle of divine appropriation. Give unto God what belongs to God. Jesus said so. He said, give unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give unto God what belongs to God. It's a principle of divine appropriation. Number four, is the principle of divine positioning. God takes preeminence. He should be number one in your calculation. Because if he doesn't take number one, he doesn't take any other position in your life. Number five, it is the principle of total dependency. When you give your first to the almighty God, you are saying, I am trusting you to provide for me. That's basically what you're saying. And it is the principle of divine activation. When you give unto the Almighty God in total dependence, what happens is that you activate the trust of the Almighty God. You activate the resources of heaven. Because you are telling God that because this is what I have done, God is saying, okay, if you are able to put this one in, then you will be, you know, more is coming. And then there's also this call, it's also the principle of faith. Because you cannot practice this thing if you don't believe that God will visit with you. The Bible tells us something. Say, he that comes to God must believe that he is and is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Genesis chapter 4. The Bible makes us to understand that Abel's offering was accepted. Cain's offering was rejected. Okay? But I want you to notice verse number 3. The Bible tells us there. He said, and in the process of time, in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. What the Lord Almighty, what the Bible is telling us there is that Cain, as time went on, Cain brought an offering when Cain got the time to get to it. Cain brought an offering when he had time. Cain brought an offering when he had finished taking care of other stuff in his life. Cain brought an offering when he felt, okay, this is the convenient time for me to bring an offering. That's what Cain did. The Bible says, in the process of time, when Cain had the time, that's when he brought it. He decided he would not, you know, he decided to bring something that he, that, that he would not miss. He gave God what was at what, what, what will not hurt his own bottom line. And since God is not a beggar, God said, no, I don't want it. Because you're not thinking about me. 
What you are doing is that you are bringing me something out of your own convenience. Ah, we go to church. Okay, what do we have in here? You look for the money. Okay, let's give that to God. That's what Cain did. But if you look at verse number 4 of the same chapter, the Bible says that Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. In other words, as soon as the as soon as Daniel, Cain's animal, Abel's animals brought something, before Abel touched it, before Abel did any other thing, before they even knew that the firstborn would be that the cattle would be able to produce more, he took the one that was given to that the cattle gave back to and brought it to the Almighty God. So two different attitudes. One person brought it when he felt like. One person brought it when he thought it was okay. The other person brought it as soon as it happened. That is the difference between the two of them. In other words, Abel gave his best. And because he put God first in his life, God responded. Okay? He surrendered to God the very first thing that came into his hand. Even when he had no idea that his cattle would continue to produce. He wasn't sure. But that one that came into his hand, he gave it to the Almighty God. So you see why Abel was saying, why God responded to Abel differently than he responded to Cain. And God right there, God's response to the man who recognizes and respects him is definitely going to be different. If you see somebody who can who pays attention to you, somebody who treats you nice, somebody who makes you a priority, a priority in their life, how are you going to respond to them? It's going to be different. Compared to somebody who just, oh, okay, I'll talk to you when I have the time. Okay? You call that person, they refuse to pick up your phone. They don't even return your call in the first place. How do you respond to that person compared to a person who is always constantly, you know, looking at after your welfare? You know the difference. You know how you are going to respond. And that is why God responded to Abel differently and accepted his offering than what he did and rejected that of Cain. It's the same reason why God will respond to some people in one way and respond to others in another way. God must be first in all things if you are going to enjoy fellowship with him. That is the same reason why God forbade forbade Israel. Okay, from taking the loot out of Jericho. If you remember, Jericho was the very first city that the children of Israel fought after they crossed the Jordan. The very first city, the very first victory. And the Lord is telling Joshua at that point in time that this particular first victory is mine. That's why Joshua was not allowed to touch the proceeds, the, 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 the loot of that particular city. Because it's like an offering, it's the first fruit of the victories that is going to come unto them. And the Lord is saying, this first victory is mine. Don't touch it. And that was why when Cain, when, when Achan touched that particular one, the Lord said, no, 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 no. This one belongs to me. You don't touch what belongs to me. And it, it does that even in, the, even in the house of God. Even for the people that work for the Almighty God. That's why the Bible says that, touch not my anointed. And do my prophet. Don't touch the things that belong to God. He gave that instruction to, 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 to Joshua. To tell him that this is the first victory that you are going to have in the promised land. And this victory belongs to me. Take whatever you have. Bring it into the presence of the Almighty God. The same principle works when Elijah met with that widow of Zarephath. Elijah said, where you are going? He said, this is the last food that I have. Elijah said, yes, I understand. He said, but you first go and make cake and bring it to me. In other words, take that very first food of the last thing that you have. Give it to me and see what God will do. That's what happened. Okay? And because of that first meal was given to God, it triggered the release of God's blessings and provision. So you see, it is not just about money. It's about the way you are living. It's about the way you, it's about where you place God in the order of things. When you put God first in your life, when you make God tell you, when God takes the preeminence, that will begin to trigger a lot of things. And that's what the first fruit is all about. It's about divine preeminence. It's about divine position. Okay? And that's who the, and then, you know, 
And you know, and, and that's why the Bible tells us in the book of Gen- in the book of Matthew chapter six. If you read from verse number thirty-three, the Bible says, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness." He said, "Then every other thing will be added unto you." If you do it the other way around, it will not work. This is the principle of heaven, and the Lord is saying that the principle of the first fruit is a principle of divine precedence. That's how the kingdom of God works. If you take a closer look at your own life, how do you respond to people who respect you and put you first in their life? You give them the best that you have. Okay? You know the answer. You give them the best that you have. You give them your attention. You give them what they need. Even before they ask you, you give it to them. And the same thing, the way, the same way God is doing. The question then is that if you are going to operate this principle of the first fruit, how is the best way to operate it? What is the best way to operate this particular principle? The first way is, number one, when you are bringing anything to the Almighty God, it's not about what you are bringing. It's the attitude with which you are bringing it. That's why the Bible said the Lord loves a cheerful giver. It doesn't mean that that thing is not painful. It doesn't mean that you are not going to miss it. It doesn't mean that the check is very difficult. It's not difficult to write. It simply means that your attitude towards the Almighty God, that's what the Lord is looking at. So if you are going to, if the first fruit is going to work for you, the first thing is the attitude towards God must be very important. Number two, when you are bringing it to the Almighty God, you must honor and respect the Almighty God. You don't give to God as if God is a beggar. That's why God rejected Cain. Because you don't give it to him when you think about it. When you say, okay, I don't have any other, oh, I'm not going to miss this one. Let's give, no. And that is why I remember I was speaking to a pastor when I was about to, when we were about to start the church. And he's saying that at one point in time, I told my congregation, I said, don't ever bring used item to the Almighty God. Whatever you are not going to use in your house, don't bring it to the church. The house, the church is not a dumping ground. Mm-hmm. Say, people have that attitude. When you come, if you are bringing anything to the Almighty, you say, do it with honor, do it with respect. If you are going to benefit from the, from the, from the, from the, from the uh, if you are going to walk the principle of the first fruit, you must also understand the principle of good stewards and go, uh, the good stewardship of God's resources. You cannot waste your own money by the way you live your life and expect God to continue to bless you. It doesn't work like that. God does not support wasting. God does not like you to waste his resources and he will not continue to bless you when you are wasting. So if the first principle, if the principle of the first fruit is going to work for you, you must understand how to be a good steward of God's resources. Number four, you must know how to walk in faith. Number five, you must be willing to obey his command. Number six, you must be willing to be grateful for his blessings. Now, if you don't understand this simple, simple concept, if you don't understand the concept of reverencing the Almighty God in your offering, if you don't understand the concept of stewardship, if you don't understand the concept of faith, you don't understand the concept of gratefulness, you will find that it will be very difficult for you to, first of all, practice and benefit from these principles. Like I tell you, God is not a magician. I hope you know God is not a magician. The fact that you just drop something in the offering and then it starts, it doesn't work like that. There are several other things that work at the bottom of it. And if you don't understand the basic principle of being grateful to the Almighty God, of reverencing Him, of managing the resources that He gives to you, you will not be able to benefit from these first fruit principles. The question then is that why is this first fruit principle, why is it important to believers even today in the New Testament? Why is it important? Number one, it is important because it is the principle of kingdom operation. When you place God first, God places you first also. When you pay attention to the things of God, he pays attention to you also. If you don't pay attention to the things of God, why do you expect that God will pay attention to you? So it's the principle of the kingdom operation. That is why it is important. Number two, it is important because it is the principle of harvest. 
If you don't release what is in your hand, nothing come back to you. It is not a magic. If you don't release it, it doesn't come back. And that's why the Bible tells us in the book of Luke chapter 16. If you read from verse 38, it says, Give and it shall be given unto you. The measure with which you give, that's the same measure you are going to receive. So if you give sparingly, you are going to receive sparingly. If you give bountifully, you receive bountifully. It is not only about money. It's also about love. If you love somebody with your whole heart, see the way they respond to you. If you smile with a lot of gratitude in your heart, the world will smile back at you. But if you walk about with your face like a stone, you'll find out that the whole world becomes cold. So it's the principle of harvest. That's why it's important. Number three, it is the principle that challenges the faithfulness of the Almighty God. If you take the word of God, you say, this is your word, O God. You say, I should bring my first fruit unto you. I bring it unto you. Lord, now begin to act on my behalf. After you have done all the things that you're supposed to do, you begin to find out that it challenges the faithfulness of the Almighty God. Because you are challenging God. That says, this is your word. Fulfill it. That's why it's important. Number four, it is important because it taps into the glory of the Almighty God. Many of us who are born in America may not understand it. But when you are going into the presence of a king, you don't go empty-handed. You always bring something to the king. Not because the king needs anything. No. It's just to recognize the king and recognize his authority. And when you give to the king, what what happens is that the king will not tap into his own glory. He will tap into his own resources and he will bless you back. And you will notice that whatever you give to the king, the king will give you something better. Why? Because the king is rich. The king has resources. The king has, you know, have multiple domains and he can give you whatever he wants. But in order to activate the resource of heaven, in order to tap into that particular glory, you have to release something. That's what happened when you release the first fruits. The Bible said the, the capital of a thousand hills belongs to the almighty God. How do you tap into that riches when you release what is in your hand? So when you release your first fruit, God responds by outgiving you. That's why you hear that you can never outgive God. And finally, number five, it is important for believers to understand this particular principle because it attracts the attention of the Almighty God. Okay? It attracts the attention of the Almighty God. Why do you think Abraham was special to the Almighty God? Why? Because Abraham took that thing that was very important to him and gave it to the Almighty God. And as soon as he gave it to the Almighty God, God said, no, this is just, this is wonderful. If he said, in blessing, I will bless you. The Bible said that there was nothing higher in heaven by which God can swear. God swore by himself and said, in blessing, I will bless you. Why? Because he gave that which was probably, you know, which was, which was precious unto him. When you give the, when you, when you give your first fruit to the Almighty God, you attract the blessings of heaven. You attract the attention of heaven. When David gave a sacrificial giving, it attracted the note. Heaven, whatever noticed the, the, the attention of the Almighty God, the same thing when you practice this simple principle. When you give it to the Almighty God, heaven pays attention. The question is, if it is so important for believers to understand this principle, why are many not practicing it? Why? Very, very simple. Because of lack of understanding. The Bible says my people perish because they do not understand. When you look at it as if these people are just trying to collect my money, you've missed the point. Okay? You've missed the point. So people don't practice this. We don't talk about it because we don't understand it. Number two, we have because of fear and ignorance. Number three, because of the deception of hell. The devil knows that when the church is rich, they can do a lot of damage. And that's why what does he do? He keeps you poor. And because he keeps the church poor, we are very limited in what we are able to do. So the deception of hell, that's why people are not talking about it. And then finally, it's not practiced because of the wrong focus and the wrong intentions. 
But when you let people understand, it's not about giving to the church. It's not about making money. It's about the priority that you place God. That you, it's, it's about where you place God in your life. And if you place God in the right place in your life, things change for you. Not just the money. You will find out that you will not be... You, the Bible said, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. There's a reason why it says that. The devourer is not only about money. If we can just expand our lens a little bit, it's not about money. When the devourer is in your life, it can be in your health. It can be in the life of your children. It can be in your marriage. It can be in anything that you find out that you are not able to gather. Everything scatters. And the Lord is saying that if you can all just commit your resources into my hand, then I have a responsibility to look after your own. So when you have the wrong focus and you have the wrong intention, you will not talk about things like this. The problem is that when you want, there are dangers if you ignore it. Okay? There are dangers when you ignore the principle of the first fruit. And what are the dangers? Exodus chapter 13. Look at reading from verse number 1. The Lord spake unto Moses saying, Sanctify unto me all the firstborn. Whosoever opened the womb among the children of Israel, both men and of beasts, it is mine. In other words, whatever belongs to the Almighty God, don't take it. Stay away from it. If the Lord says something is mine, you give it to him. Do not touch what belongs to the Almighty God. So if you deny yourself of the opportunity of practicing the principle of the first fruit, if you deny yourself of giving, your, giving to the Almighty God the things that he has asked you to give him, what you find is that life gets out of order. When you do not do what you're supposed to do, life gets out of order. When God is not first in everything, life goes upside down. You look at the lives of the people who say there are no God, that there's no God. The people who are always opposed to the things of God, look at their life and tell me how organized they are. That's the story for another day. But one thing you must understand is that when you neglect the principles of the scriptures, life gets out of order. Number two, when you neglect the principles of the scripture, harvest is not guaranteed. When you are not, when you, harvest is not committed, harvest that is not committed to God is not guaranteed. And then number three, when you do not, do, when you neglect to practice the principle of the scripture, you find that you lose what you fail to release. What you try to cover, what you try to gather, what you try to amass, what you try to protect. If you don't release it to the hands of the Almighty God, what happens? That's why the Bible says that anyone who tries to keep the city outside of God's will is wasting his time. If you try to build and the Lord is not building with you, you are wasting your time. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Yeah. Proverbs eleven twenty four tells us, it says, there is, there's one who scatters, yet increases more. There's one who withholds more than is right but leads to poverty. In other words, these are some, you remember last week I was talking about the fact that there's this thing that is called the paradox of the scripture. The paradox of the scripture is that if you want to make money, the Bible says that give it away. The Bible says if you want to be rich, say become poor. Say if you want to go up, go down. If you want to be respected, make yourself humble. It does everything upside down. Maybe when they were writing it, Moses was upside down, but that's a story for another day. The point you are making is that these are some of the contradictions, in this, these are some of the apparent contradictions in the scripture. But the Lord is saying that if he, the more you hold back, the more you hold back, the more you tend towards poverty. The more you give, the more you tend towards prosperity. How it works, don't ask me. I don't know. But it just works like that. If you say, yeah, I have my me time, you'll find out that by the time you have your me time, a time will come where you want us time and nobody will be there for the us time. Because you have not been giving your, you have not given your me time to anybody. That's a story for another day. In other words, the more you hold back, the more you tend towards poverty. The question is that, how do you then obey how do you obey the first fruit principle? How do you obey? Number one, you give God first in everything. Like I said, it's not about the money. It's about the attitude. The Bible makes us to understand that when Abraham was about to sacrifice his son, you will notice that Abraham did not actually kill, he did not actually kill Isaac. I hope you know that. 
if you did Bible study or uh, Sunday School 101, Abraham did not kill Isaac. I hope you know that. But what happened? Abraham in his heart already, if you read the book of Genesis 22, Abraham in his heart already has already given him up. He has already given Isaac to the Lord. In his own eyes, in his mind, Isaac is no longer his own. Isaac has been given to God. While Isaac was physically living, while Isaac was still with Abraham, Isaac was already belonging to the Almighty God. And that's what the Lord looked at. And the Lord said, okay, in his heart, this guy has already given it up to me. And that's why he blesses him. The point I'm making is that giving God first is not about you putting the offering first of all in the envelope before you pay your, before you pay your, that's not what I'm saying. In your mind is, have you given this, have you released it to the Almighty God? Or are you still fighting in your heart? Because at the time you write the check and you hold it, God help me. You look at the thing again, no. You know, I mean, we're all human beings. But the thing is that if you have released it in your mind, it's no longer an issue. I've given you this particular example before. If you wait till Sunday morning to make up your mind whether you are coming to church, I can bet you you are not coming to church that day. But if you make a decision at the beginning of every year or at the beginning of every month and say, this month, I am not missing church, you will find out that when Sunday morning comes, it's automatic. You just wake up and dress up and go to church because you've already made that decision. Already you have released it in your mind. You have made it. If you made a decision that everything that comes into my hand goes to the Almighty God first, you don't struggle when that time comes in. It's a decision. So, how do you practice the principle of first fruit? Number one, you give to God first. And that means when you're talking about you give your God maybe your first day's income, your first week's income, your first month's income, your first year's income, whatever the thing that you want to give unto the Almighty God. But it's about the faith. It's about your own level of faith. But you make sure you give it to God first. Number two, you give God your best. Not just what you are not going to miss. Not when you are finished taking care of every other thing, that's why it's okay, let me give to No, it is giving God first and giving God your best. Number three, it is giving God what honors the Almighty God. You give to God what honors the Almighty God. A young man is about to go and marry a woman, and you are visiting, you are doing the parent introduction, and you get in there, you are about to leave, you are standing there, if you are an African, you want to give your parents something, and you put your hand in your pocket and you are straightening out the one one dollar, you straighten out the one dollar, you give to the parent, you say, what's wrong with this boy? Is this one seriously getting married into my family? And you are giving me a dollar that you are squeezed like that. You know, you, you don't do that. What you have done is that you have prepared the envelope before you left home. You make sure you go to Bank of America and make sure they give you that envelope in that nice day. The paper is smooth. The money is shining. If you take care, the serial number are following each other. So that when you give it to your, when you give it to your in-law, you look and say, yes, this is a good boy. This is a good boy. That's the way you do this thing. Okay? You don't give it to him and you take the money and you are straightening that. Okay, uh, uh, Daddy, wait. Uh, I'm thinking of giving you money. And then you, start, you look at you and say, this one is not so. Say, my daughter, wait to be your name, Joy. This one, you never see your husband do. That's what it's going to tell you. The reason is because you are not giving him something that honors him. It's not the amount. It's the way you do it. So you give God what honors the Almighty God. And then not only that, you bring it to the house of the Almighty God. If you read the book of Exodus chapter 24, 34, in verse number 36, the Bible says, The first of the fruit of the land, thou shalt bring into the house of thy God. It is not something you dump anywhere. It's not something you listen to somebody on the internet and you send something to them. If that is your primary source of feeding of your spirit, fine. But you bring it to the house of the Almighty God. And you bring it not just to the house of the Almighty God, you bring it with a proclamation. That's what the Bible says. Deuteronomy 26, reading from verse number 2, the Bible says, And that, that thou shalt make the first of the of all the fruit of the earth, which thou shalt bring to a bring of thy land, that the Lord thy God that giveth unto thee, thou shalt put it in a basket. Thou shalt go into the place which the Lord thy God shall choose, shall choose. 
to place his name there. Verse number five. Thou shalt speak and say unto the Lord thy God. And then you begin to make a proclamation upon that offering before you put it down. He say you bring it with the proclamation. You are telling the Almighty God. That's why if you notice, my brother will always say, when it's collected offering, and as much as possible, even if you don't give anything, God will still bless you. But want you please understand. Why he say, anytime he comes, he will tell you, say, when you are living, so say, say something to it. In other words, make a proclamation upon your offering. Tell the Almighty God, this is this offering I'm giving you and I'm believing you for X, Y, and Z. If you don't say that, something will still come. But it is better for you to say it. So the Lord is saying, when you are bringing the first fruit offering, bring it with a proclamation. This is how the scripture commands you to bring the first offering. But I want to quickly give you a quick uh, note here. One of the things you must understand is this. There are blessings that are accompanying this verse of scripture. There are blessings that accompany this principle. If you look at Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9, the Bible tells us that, it says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and the first fruit of all thy increase. Then shall thy bounds be filled with plenty, and thy breast shall burst open, shall burst with new wine. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.